Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Hello, TOP friends, family, and new listeners. We have a special announcement today. TOP is hosting a fun fair for kids aged 3 to 14 and their families Saturday, September 14th from 1 to 3 p.m. We'll have food, games, raffles, and more. Admission is $5 per child and includes three game tickets and a hot dog. Additional tickets will be available for purchase as well. We hope you'll come join us. The fun fair is on September 24th from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Tower of Pentecost, located at 930 Aaron Drive in Richland, Washington. Amen, because he's worthy. Thank you, worship team. Amen. And it is so good to be here this morning and so good to have each and every one of you here with us today. Amen. Praise God. What a great thing it is to worship the Lord, to know who he is, to believe that the invisible God came down and became one of us, went to the cross to redeem us, went to the grave to defeat death, came out of that grave as the new Adam and invited us to become part of his family. Amen. What a great opportunity. Amen. All right, and if you are a guest here today, God bless you. We are so honored, amen, to have you here, amen. We're going to ask uh, Brother Ryan if you'd turn those track lights down a little bit, please, and going to call your attention to Mark chapter number 13. We're going to read verses 33 through 37, amen. Has God been good to you? Ladies, you guys did a bang-up job yesterday, and uh, what a great uh, event that was. Amen. I wasn't here, but I saw it anyway. But of that day and that hour, know, or knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray. For you know not when the time is. For the Son of Man, Jesus, is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house, gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly, he find you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Amen. And I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought, days of awe. 
days of awe. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, uh, just one more time, if you would lift your heart to the Lord, and uh, would you just try to bring all of your thoughts right here in the present, and who knows what the Lord has in store for us here today. He can do things instantly. Instantly. He can bring healing to your body right where you are. He can bring the answer to whatever you're praying for in the middle of the preaching. It can happen anytime. So would you join with us? And I'm going to ask Brother McCune if he would lead us in prayer, please. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. Days of awe. Let me just begin by uh, defining really what the days of awe are. are. Really, uh, it begins, and we'll cover this a little bit more as we get into our message here, but it really comes from Exodus, the 19th chapter. And uh, there at Mount Sinai, we're told, we know the story, how that God gave Moses the first written word, the first written word. And uh, during that time, the people were not allowed to, there was a, really a perimeter, the people were not allowed to go past that. And we're told that during this time, that that entire mountain, that mountain shook, says that it trembled, there was flashes of lightning, and then out of the midst of that all, out of the cloud, the Bible says, and there came a ram's horn, and it sounded louder and louder and louder. Who was... Who was on the horn? But what it was doing, it was drawing the people's attention to what was happening that particular day. And God meant it to be something that they could relate to, even though the mountain was going to calm down and the fire was going to go away, but his word would endure forever, and it would also be a way that God would relate to his people when they heard that particular sound, they were drawn to a place of reverence. They were drawn to that place where God was going to speak to them. And we are... what. In it, so what would happen, and down through the years as the 
the, uh, the word of God would ultimately would come out, it would be clear, and the worship scenario that they went through uh, was written so that they knew it, then this, the sounding of that horn would become very prominent in their holy days or the days that God would require for them to come to Jerusalem and worship. One in particular, the most important day of that entire year, we know it would be the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement. The day where God would require that the high priest alone would go behind that curtain, the holiest of holies, there he would apply blood on that mercy seat. And God would, in a sense, he would cover their sins, that entire nation, for a year. But prior to that, there were ten days that would lead up to that. They would call that the high holy days. And what would take place would be throughout the land of Israel... They would sound this horn, and it was sounded every day for 10 days before the Day of Atonement. It would serve as a reminder to the people that there was coming a very important day in their lives. And in fact, the Day of Atonement, we see it through the eyes of grace today, as a place of mercy and of grace, but really, if you didn't get beyond that curtain, in fact, it was the day of judgment. And so, when that first day, day number one, the people would hear that sound, and they knew that they would have to turn their attention a little bit more to what was going to take place in their worship and their relationship with God in preparation for them. And in fact, symbolically, it was in fact the day that they were going to meet God. Whoa. And they referred to them as the days of awe. The days of repentance. We're told that the Bible tells us very clearly that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. During the Old Testament time period, there was what was called a watchman that played a very important part in the security of his city. These Old Testament cities, as you know from the story of, of uh, even Jericho, these Old Testament cities would have walls built around the city with watchtowers that would be positioned a little higher along the walls. And this is where a man would watch for any enemy that might make an attempt to get inside the city walls. You with me? He was to report only what he saw occurring outside those walls. And if he saw something that he felt was going to cause harm and injury to the families inside the walls of his city, 
then he was to sound the trumpet. Let's pretend today that you are the watchman being called on to report what you are seeing in today's world. What would your report be? Men and ladies alike. What would your report be to those within your community, in your home, outside in your neighborhood? What would you report to them that you are seeing through the lens of the gospel, of the Bible? Days of awe. Let me take you to a story. First story I'd like to go to real quick. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter number 10. There's a king by the name of Rehoboam. And he would be successor to King Solomon of Israel. Because of the high taxes of his father, he sought counsel from both young and old. We know the story that he took the wrong advice given to him by the young men instead of the elders. What would take place was that, that, God, would, that God would bring to pass through this event. We're told that the nation of Israel would now become a divided nation. The north against the south. Because of high taxes, one of the areas. But Rehoboam was going to go to war, but God spoke to me and says, Rehoboam, no. And listen to the, wor the words in verse number 15. Bible says, so the king paid no attention to the people, but it says, this turn of events was from God that the Lord might fulfill his word. God sets up kings. He takes down kings. He is not caught off guard to the day that we are in right now, September 11th, happy birthday, Brother Bryant, the year 2022. God's not off guard. He does, he, it didn't catch him by surprise of what's taken place in England today. He sets them up. He takes them down. Rehoboam, you need to understand that the event that has taken place, it is causing all this turmoil in the nation of Israel, God's own people, it's because of what is taking place in the lives of your people. Because we're told that in Solomon's later years, he allowed his many wives, didn't have too many, you know, a couple hundred, seven hundred. He allowed his many wives to convince him to introduce idolatry into society. Hang with me. 
including Molech, who was worshipped by the sacrifice of children. And there was the goddess Astarte, however you pronounce it, who was the goddess of sex and war. There's a reason why that division and animosity comes into a nation's society. It is not God's plan, but it is men that are influenced by idolatrous worship. The Bible tells us, he said, Rehoboam, you need to understand that this event, this turn of events, I've sanctioned. It's from me to try to get a hold of my people to make them to understand what happens when they leave me out of their daily worship. There's a reason why we are caught in this particular era of time, good old USA. It is not God's fault. No, sir. It is not God's fault. It is not God's fault that America has introduced for many years the God Moloch that asks for the sacrifice of your children. It is not God's fault that you have introduced into your families and your loved ones this goddess Astorodi or whatever her name is, the goddess of sex and war. Are you with me? God would ultimately allow His people again Thank you for that lesson, Brother Kelly Smith. God would allow Babylon to conquer Israel and take them into captivity for 70 years. Are you with me? Daniel 2.21. One version, one translation says this. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholar. You see, now we have another story that I'd like to bring to you. It's recorded in Daniel 5. Daniel 5 brings us a story of the great Babylonian empire that had been in power for literally hundreds of years, and a couple of different commentaries said for possibly up to 2,000 years. We know it as the head of gold. 
the most incredible empire that we know of. And it was conf it's confirmed by the Word of God through a vision that Daniel had. There will never be another one like it. And we're told in chapter number 5 that their king never, or prior to 5, I'll get to chapter 5 here in a moment, but prior to chapter 5, the Babylonian Empire, they had destroyed through King Nebuchadnezzar, they had destroyed Jerusalem, destroyed its temple, and taken not only its people captive, but had also taken the holy vessels of the temple as spoils of war. Daniel 5, we read of King Belshazzar, the son, or some say the grandson, of Nebuchadnezzar, making a great feast of a wild nature, all the while, listen carefully, all the while, knowing the enemy, Cyrus, and the army of Persia were camped outside the city walls. He was not afraid. And he wanted to show the people inside the city of Babylon that he was not afraid. So while the great city of Babylon was surrounded by the enemy, Belshazzar felt completely secure because he had a 41-mile wall 41-mile wall surrounded the city. The wall has been described as anywhere from 100 to 300 foot high, from 30 to 80 feet thick. Sitting on the wall were 250 guard towers that extended another 15 feet higher for clear observation in addition to this fortification, they had added a moat, a body of water on the outside of the walls with a drawbridge as the only way in and out and enough provisions inside that city to last several years. And so in the middle of his party, he decided to do what even his father knew better to do he took out the gold and the silver vessels that had been dedicated to the ministry of the God of Israel and he began to drink wine from them. I'm here to remind us that all of us that no matter how secure you feel like that you are in this world, when you get to the place where you desecrate the very holy things of God, and that means the sanctity of a man and a woman in the way that they were created, and that means the sanctity of the unborn even while it's in its mother's womb, 
I'm here to remind you that you are desecrating the very holy vessels of the God of creation. And he will not secure you. He will find a way in. So while they began to drink from those vessels, God sent a hand and began to write on the wall. The greatest empire that there had ever been. His knees began to shake. He couldn't interpret the writing. He had to call for an old 80-year-old preacher by the name of Daniel that had served his father and his grandfather well. He had to call for that old man and call him up to the front. said, Oh, Daniel! What is this going on? Daniel told him straight up. He says, King, God has numbered the days of your kingdom and put it to an end. You have been weighed on the scales of righteousness and found deficient. You can read the many, many tiki markled Part, okay, I'm giving you the interpretation. Your kingdom has been divided and given over to the Medes and the Persians. That same night, same night, Belshazzar was slain. And Darius the Mede took the kingdom. Where were the watchmen? Where was the sound that would warn the people? In the midst of their party, thinking they're all secure. Got plenty of toilet paper. Bottled water's good. Got a generator in case the grid goes out. See, God had already determined the fate of Babylon by the word of Jeremiah chapter 51, verses 24 through 29. And the land shall tremble and sorrow, for every purpose of the Lord shall be performed against Babylon to make the land a desolation without an inhabitant. For this turn of events was from God that the Lord might fulfill his word. Let's pick up Israel again. Dispersed throughout the four corners of the earth. Wow. Israel, we know the story, Israel and Jerusalem destroyed 70 A.D. Where were the watchmen? Almost 2,000 years, God's people would be without their homeland. There's no sound 
anywhere to be heard. There's no sin of God, per se. There, there's, no, there's no sound coming from the ram's horn. They don't. They, they, they have lost connection with their home and possibly even with their God. There's no jubilee in the air of the 50-year celebration where they are. Four corners of the earth, there's no sound of the year of jubilee. There is no return of property. There is no forgiveness of debt. There is no release of slavery. For almost 2,000 years. God spoke through Ezekiel 37 that there would come a day. There would come a day when those dry bones that seemed to be completely dead. That he would bring them from the four corners of the earth. And he would bring them back to their home. Great Britain's been in the news lately. Land of the Queen. You might not have known that Great Britain really had a had a part in the nation of Israel. 1917, Great Britain dominated world trade with ownership of about 45% of all merchant shipping. The country was the political center of what was by far the largest global empire. London was the center of global financial system. It was during this time period that God began to move in world events, world events on behalf of His covenant with Israel. It would be called the Balfour Declaration. After World War I, Britain pledged. After the war, the defeated enemy, they took that property. Britain pledged to establish a national home for the Jewish people in 1917. Britain would later alter this agreement, only allowing a certain amount of Jewish people to return to Palestine. This would, of course, be interrupted by World War II. Are you with me? Days of awe. 1948, Israel would finally be recognized as a nation after 2,000 years. And again... Great Britain would play a part of that process. With Jerusalem being a divided city still. Arab on one side, Jewish on the other side. Then something incredible happens. We find the six-day war in which Israel defeats an enemy in 1967. 1967, Israel defeats an enemy 50 times greater in six days. I'm in awe, God. Estimated loss, 1,000 Israeli troops. Estimated enemy loss, 20,000 plus. One will put to flight. One will put to flight. Not only did they win this war, they retook. Listen carefully. They retook. All of Jerusalem. Come on. You read the story. They were in awe. 
the entire Jewish community was, oh my goodness, what has taken place? And even the Temple Mount that they, they kind of gave in a little bit. Hmm. 1967, they say, could have been a jubilee year. Are you with me? Could have been. That's where a lot of Jewish scholars begin to track it once more from 1917, 1948, 1967. They try to get the year of Jubilee in place. But oh, listen, what makes that all the more powerful is this happened 50 years after the Balfour Declaration. Are you following me so far? At the blast of the ram's horn, it grew louder and louder, leading them to what ultimately would be called the Day of Atonement. And after 50 years, it would turn into the year of Jubilee where all debts were canceled, where all property was returned. They had in their hands the city of Jerusalem once again. Could it have been? Oh, ten days before that day of atonement, this ram's horn would be sounded throughout all Israel. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Sound of that horn is meant to awaken the hearers from their spiritual slumber to make them aware of the coming day of atonement or the day of judgment. These are known as the ten days of repentance or or the days of awe. It is a period of time given to the people to repent before Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement. Let me take you to 1973, Yom Kippur. I was alive during, not 1948, but I remember the headlines of the paper, Six Day War, headlines. I didn't know nothing about God, but Sister Reyes, I can tell you that I knew somebody told me, you know, about God creating the universe in six days, and I knew enough about Israel, you know, that they were something weird going on over there, and they'd taken on like 50 million people and defeated them in six days. It was like God saying, watch what I, are you in awe yet? Of what I do for my people. Yon Kipper, 1973. Get the picture. This was the nation of Israel that had spent 10 days listening to that horn sound. 
them preparing not for war, but they were preparing to have this awesome relationship and worship to their God that had delivered them back to their home. And the devil came at them on the holiest day of their entire year. And he said, we are going to defeat you and we are going to take that land back. Guess what? And the world, again, Egypt and Syria put on a fight. again Israel prevails did you know that on December 6 2017 President Trump officially recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital something that had not been done in the entire world for 2,000 years you want to know what happened the day after December 7th, the U.N. Security Council held an emergency meeting where 14 of 15 members condemned it. The motion was vetoed by the United States. Period of World War II, America took over as becoming the superpower of the world, not because they wanted to, but because they were forced into it because of the the, the raid on Pearl Harbor. Are you with me? On what has been described as a perfect late summer day with a crystal blue sky and hit a fall in the air, two things occur in American history. Number one, President Franklin Roosevelt gives what was called a fireside chat over the radio because there wasn't no TV. There wasn't no internet to speak of. It, this was his way to speak to the American people about the real possibility of America entering the war with Germany. This was his remarks in part following Germany sinking an American destroyer. He would tell America he knew there would, become, there would come a time of testing. It would call for clear heads, fearless hearts, which he said, I believe the American citizen holds both. Earlier the same day, the military started construction of what would become the most secure military intelligence complex in the world. It would be called the Pentagon. Both of these events occurred on September 11, 1941. In 1973, the same year that Israel was attacked by Egypt, 1973, America completed at the time the tallest buildings in the world. They would call them the Twin Towers or the World Trade Center. Are you with me? According to the author of The Harbinger 2, Jonathan Kahn writes that the city of New York had the highest number of Jewish people in the entire nation. And whether it's conspiracy or whatever, it's been reported that 
several news sources that on September 11, 2011, there was approximately, or 2001, there was approximately 4,000 Jewish workers who did not show up for work that day at the Twin Towers. Are you in awe yet? Coincidental, of course, that chapter 11 of Genesis speaks to us of the fall of the Tower of Babel. Coincidental that the first plane to hit the towers was flight number 11. Coincidental that the Pentagon was hit on the anniversary of its beginning. Coincidental that when the, the Twin Towers, at the time they were built, they were the tallest buildings in the world reaching into the heavens. Coincidental, of course. Could it be God was sounding the alarm because America had also taken the sacred vessels of God? The sacred vessels of God, trying to lessen the value and purpose of man united with woman. Could it be that God was sounding the shofar, that trumpet, because America had been worshiping the god Moloch, sacrificing her sacred babies. Can I tell you that the same year, 1973, when Israel was being invaded on Yom Kippur, can I tell you that on January 22nd, my birthday, mind you, that on January 22nd, 1973, when Yom Kippur was being fought, the same year, guess what happened? That America passed Legalizing abortion. Are you in awe yet? The same year that Israel was forced into war on their most holy day. We're going to close here. Worship team, musicians could come. The question that a lot of Bible scholars are debating, is 2022 a jubilee year? If you use the date of 1917-18, the Balfour Declaration, add 50, we get to 1967 and the Six-Day War, the reclaiming of all Jerusalem. If we add 50 to 1967, we will come to the year 2017, the year President Trump officially recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. In 2020 alone, the UN brought 17 resolutions against Israel versus a combined total of six against the rest of the world. Are you on awe yet? In 2021, the UN brought 14 resolutions against the state of Israel and four against the rest of the combined world. Are you on awe yet? Did you know that the number 19 represents judgment in the Bible? Google it. Did you know that COVID-19 
was introduced to the world in 2020, 19 years after 911. Jeremiah 8:22 asked this question during their time. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why is not the health of my people recovered? Would you even believe it if I told you that the first pharmaceutical company that came out with the very first COVID vaccine, would you believe it if I told you that the name of it was Gilead Pharmaceutical? Coincidence. Purely coincidence. Watch ye therefore. And we are told by the master in one place, he says, the hour that you think not. That's the hour you need to be very much aware As you stand with us, watch ye therefore, for you do not know what time the master cometh. There it is, folks. Nine one one. 2022, we have witnessed God not just trying to get America's attention, but the, the, the uh, spotlight is on America. Don't kid yourself. We are, under, we are under the spotlight here. Because so goes America, so goes the world. We are in the days of awe. We are watching. I am, a, I am a preacher. I am a minister that I look at these things and I'm thinking to myself, how in the world? How, Lord, how can I eat? This is unbelievable that I am seeing right before me. Do you know what? This turn of events, today, tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, I know the Lord is in charge of it. I know that He is in preparation for the marriage supper of the Lamb. I know that He is about ready to have Michael sound that last trump of God. But oh, I'm telling you that we must be listening for that sound. You gotta be. 
I don't be- I believe that you are going to have to have your spiritual sensors in high gear and you are going to have to have your eyeballs watching and praying and saying, God, don't let me be blind. Anoint my hearing. Anoint my eyesight, God, because honestly, I am in awe of what you are doing right before my eyes. There is great hope. There is great. There is a ray. There is a ray of sun. There is a ray of hope that we see during this whole thing. There's a possibility that we can still overturn, that we can still conquer by the grace of God through our prayer, through our witnessing. There's still a possibility that God can receive our repentance and get this country back on track. There's still the possibility. It's still possible. And if my people, which are called by my name, are you thankful for the name that is above every name in heaven and in earth? When I call on the name of Jesus, I am calling on the King of Kings. If they will humble themselves... They will humble themselves. The only way that you're going to defeat the enemy is you are going to use the towel. You are going to have to humble yourselves in the face of every Judas. And you're going to have to kneel and you're going to have to be willing to serve, to love. I don't like that person. You're not hearing the sound. He's given you space to repent. He's given you space of reconciliation. But if they will pray and they will seek my face, they will seek my face and turn, 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 Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I'm in awe of him, Brother Ryan. I'm in awe of the cross. I'm in awe of that last supper. I'm in awe of him forgiving that dirty old woman caught in adultery. I'm in awe of him reaching out and touching that stinking leper. I'm in awe of him when he calls the children 
He says, you don't touch those children. You let them come to me. And he laid his hands on them. And he blessed them. The most precious commodity that we have is our children, our babies. I'm in awe of him. You're here this morning. I believe God is speaking to hearts. I believe that there's deeper consecrations that should be made today. I believe that there's healings that need to take place today. I wonder if you would come. I wonder if you would hear. Do you hear the sounding? You hear his voice this morning. You feel the drawing power of the Holy Ghost as he's beckoning. He's beckoning to the church today. He's, he's beckoning. He's, he's asking. He's asking. He's asking. He's, he's drawing. He's, it's the sound. That's it. Come on, we invite all of our guests. You don't have to be bashful. We're not going to, I promise you, we're not going to try to break your arms and legs. We're just, we want you, we just want you, to, before you leave, we want to make sure that you're, you've made peace with God, that, that, you're, that you understand the day that we live in. This is, it's not a, it's not a, just a, jovial get happy 4th of July anymore it, it's a time of reckoning it's a time of, of soul seeking it's a time of, of breaking through to your spiritual destiny it's a time that you're lifting your children up and you're seeing God working in their lives but they, 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 are, they are the next preachers they are the next teachers they are the next worshipers That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm in awe, Lord. I'm simply in awe of you. That's it. That's it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's it. Sing it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to see it. Oh, yes. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, that's it, Austin. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. Okay. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. Yes. Jesus' name we pray. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, you know, Lord. You know, Lord. God, bring healing, Lord. Yes, Jesus. 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 Jesus, Jesus, yes, I'm going to give you, Lord, come on, come on, yes, oh, God, hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless my brother God. Bless my brother Lord. Bless my brother. Bless my brother. That's it. That's it. Yes. In the name of Jesus. 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 Yes. Yes, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Bless my brother God. Use him, Lord. Use him to be that light and that testimony, God. Halamakata, 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 Halamakata. 